Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 170 of the Picus Riley podcast. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Emilson, and joining me, we have my co-host, Namely. Hello. And this week, uh, we're going to talk about healing. Yes, I'm so healing, excited, actually. It being um, in a really... I would the the title you had in the show notes is healing too hard question mark and I'm I I titled the stream a little bit differently but like I I think there's a whole bunch of like healing just being in a really weird place yeah and so we're gonna talk about that uh there's some other news stuff we were talking about classic hardcore a little bit before the show uh we'll touch on that as well because that came out this week um. Yeah. And, uh, well, before we get into that, how was Raid this weekend, Tom? Raid was, Raid was short. We had, a, we had our first one-day clear. So nice. we got in there, got out of there. I mean, it took, I think we ended like maybe 15 or 20 minutes before Raid ended. So it wasn't like we, we crushed through it in any sort of sense of it. But, uh, but no, no, we had a, we had a solid, solid re-clear. Um, the nerfs helped, I'll say, I think. Yeah. Um, but no, it was... Uh, it was it was an easy. I mean, no, very uneventful. I mean, we had a couple wipes to, I think our typical bosses like Sark and and Nelth and, um, but we we I think we one or two shot Sar Rashok, which is huge for us. Yeah, typically sort of a, an issue for us. And then Magmarex, I think, was a two shot also, maybe one shot. So, um, so yeah, we got the skip this week, which was huge for us. We don't have to like beg friends of <laughs> guilds who are better than us to to steal their their lockout skip. So. Nice, yeah. nice. Uh, we did not one night clear, and oh. some of that is like we're still in. We tried some different tank stuff for phase two Sarkareth to try and make that easier and cleaner, and it didn't work. Gotcha. And that just cost time. And then by the time we switched back from doing that, people kind of lost you know momentum. We went oh, yeah. in, we like two shot Neltharian. And then our second pull of Sarkareth, we wiped it like 8%, right? So we were real, real close to just like blasting the raid. Uh, We did get Sarkareth down, but not in time to really do much. Like we wouldn't kill the Salt of the the Zakali, right? That's it. Gotcha. And so we're going to go back in and and clean up the rest tonight. Um, And uh, finish things off, yeah. Yeah, the the berserk timer change. I don't. We actually, we funny. We were a couple of attempts that we wiped low. I think we had two lowish percentage wipes on Sark, like similar. We actually got the set of mechanics after the typical enrage. So it's like a yeah. It's like the black hole with the knockback with the whatever. The yeah, it's like called. the first cosmic ascension overlap in yeah. that you actually do. Like everybody's downstairs for the very first one, but the first one that people actually do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that was. That was interesting. We we didn't know how to handle it the first like time or two we hit it, and then we we like spent some time like okay, this is what you do, this is how you handle it, and then like I think like three pulls later when we actually got there, we killed it before that actually ever happened. Like those abilities yeah. that were triggered. So, yeah, that's we had a brief discussion here right about like what are we going to do if we get this, and the answer basically was we're not going to get this. Yeah, like, our, our goal as a raid team is to reach the point that we're actually skipping the second double dispel, the one at like seven ten okay we want to not get that one either so we're definitely not gonna sit and plan around the one that happens at 7 30. yeah i think we've resigned to getting the 710 one um just because we have a really good setup that puts our mages as the only black hole targets there yeah so like they can just run out the black hole ice block and we can dispel and if we do need to move out for the ascension like that mage isn't gonna die because they'll be in they'll be in block so yeah um yeah but yeah, no, it's a uh, yeah. I mean, the nerfs are uh, funnily enough didn't the only the the only time I felt it was the P one nerfs. I guess we can go over the nerfs to this because there was a there was a couple yeah. of nerfs to both both Sark and and Echo. I'm pretty good doing it at this point. So for Sark, um, the I think we just sort of mentioned the one nerf is they've increased the berserk timer from seven thirty to eight minutes, which means there is like an additional set of mechanics you'll get right at the end if you're still pushing. Yeah. Um, they, they also reduced Echoing how damage per tick by 20%, uh, which is the dot you get after clearing debuffs in P1, yep. um, which is which is actually the largest, I think, nerf through all of this. 
Um, they reduced the health of empty rec- uh, recollection uh, by 17%. I think that's uh, actually one of the biggest nerfs too, because it means yeah. you just do more damage to the boss in yeah. phase two. Yeah, just to, I mean, the ads didn't like the, because those are the little ads, right? Not the big no, ads. No, that's the big ad. That's the big ad. Oh, okay. So yeah. the little ad seems to die, seemed to have died even quicker this this week, but at least a feeling wise, I didn't, I mean, didn't really time it. Um, but yeah, that's so the large ad in phase two, that's that health reduction, which is, yeah, definitely big. And then blasting scream cast time increased by 25%, which is the, the ad that's cast, the cast of the small ads in phase two and phase three. Yeah. Which, um, that one's not really a big deal. I don't think like it, it makes it a little bit easier to not die to it, but you should, you only, should have it handled. <laughs> yeah. The only times we really died to it is when we just entirely screwed it up mm-hmm. and the extra 25% cast time doesn't really let us recover from that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think the only thing it helps is like if one ad gets out of the group or is like fully in a puddle and melee can't get to like either stun or do something to it quickly. It gives yeah. you a chance to react, but, but yeah, I mean, yeah, minor. So, um, and they also did make a couple of changes just to the, the scaling in normal heroic to a bunch of different abilities. I don't think we can you really need to go yeah. through it, but, um, but yeah, so the echoing Halner. So number one, the echoing Halner is the one thing I did want to talk about just briefly on Sark, which is that again, the dot you get after clearing the debuff in P1, it, 20% is fairly large. And so while there is still a ton of damage, if you do sort of the the two big clear points, like big clear with yeah. the breath on one part and then big clear right at the end with the disintegration. Um, so there still is a lot of healing. It's not like it deletes the ability and you don't need to heal stuff anymore. It just makes right. it so that like people who are not sort of getting some of the like AOE healing or like RNG their way into like not having it tick or crit on them, they're just a little bit safer, right? Like yeah. it's sort of... Um, you're still going to see the raid chunk. You're just going to need cooldowns at those points, but it's it makes that part easier, which I think in turn makes your P1s much more consistent because that was yeah. a, a lot of our problem. Like once we figured out the healing, the next issue was like, okay, how do we not lose people randomly? And yeah. so like that was sort of what we what we wanted to cover. Um, but yeah, yeah, it just made I think it just makes P1 more consistent, which is nice. This definitely like phase one is the pressure point for healing as well. Um, there's yeah. pressure points in phase three towards the end of phase three now, but um, we are probably going to be looking at three healing this with the reduction in healing requirement in phase one, and then just outright skipping. Like I said, we wanted to beat the seven ten dispel. Yeah. Um, and we were actually quite a bit past that. I think we killed it like seven twenty five or something. But you know, with uh, with people alive with potentially one extra DPS should easily be able to be at that point. Even if we don't literally beat the double dispel, like if we get there and the boss is at half a percent health, you know, then the boss dies. Yeah, that's the goal. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. We typically don't change healing comps very often in reclear times just because... We've been changing healing comps every week. Really? These bosses. And it's a lot of attendance stuff, right? We have gotcha. a, we have some attendance stuff. We have a new trial. Um, we had one of our healers uh, went to Incarnate, aka Jack's Guild. Oh, cool. um, shout out to Sok Choi. Show Jack why you're the better priest. Um, <laughs> and then, and then um, the other one, one of our other healers, uh, stepped down from the raid team because of IRL. You know, they gotcha, got a yeah. new job. And, and such so we've got new healers in for both those spots and that meant changing the healing comp and that also meant completely redoing cds because we no longer have a holy priest gotcha oh yeah yeah so, that's rough that's um, rough yeah but we are gonna i, I think we're gonna look at three healing it because i think it's gonna make it easier to just not do that last overlap at all just like don't do it that's fair that's fair um the other set of nerfs so you mentioned echo of notharian also eight nerfs uh this mm-hmm. was they didn't touch volcanic heart spoiler no nerfs to volcanic heart and that sucks um yeah. that's like everybody wants that nerfed because it's not fun yeah so sucks that they didn't touch that but they did do a bunch of other things so notharian's health got reduced by five percent this uh if you weren't already doing the strat where you push out of phase one before the fourth echoing fissure 
but you really should consider doing that now. Um, it removes a bunch of the cooldown pressure in phase one. It lets you just overload phase two with with cooldowns to keep everybody alive through it. And then some of the changes to phase three, like both the reduced health means that you can more reliably kill the boss once you hit phase three. But then also, uh, Ebon Destruction's periodic damage reduced by 10% on Mythic difficulty. That's the dot that you get from the uh, Ebon Destruction in phase three. <laughs> that trucks. And so you oh, yeah. need fewer cooldowns in phase three now to, to deal with it. Um, and then they also nerfed the voice from beyond HP in phase two. That's uh, so you, that's again, like just a little bit faster pushing through the phase. And then the shatter periodic damage got nerfed by 10%, which if you're like us and the first pull of every night, all of your markers are just a little bit off and people double break every wall. Uh, oh yeah. It helps a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, no, we, I mean, we, we alleviate that issue by just having a pull where we wipe. <laughs> so like, that's, that's how we deal with like the walls. Like our first pull is just stay alive through like, I think the second wall break and then we'll get all the markers down then wipe and then go from there. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I will say, so a couple of things I did notice just on, at least from a healing point of view, the shatter nerf is whatever. I mean, we don't, I think yeah. we might've gotten one three stack, which is still not a huge deal. Yeah. Um, but the Ebon Destruction, at least in once you get to the second application, that second to third period felt not as awful, right? Like yeah, it felt for a us, lot safer for us. Yeah, for us that was that was always like the point where like okay, we need to start rolling CDs. Like people need to start like our squishier class need to start potentially using defensives. Um, and then the health nerf, while you know, generally speaking, you're still hitting the health like barrier as you get yeah. to the third ad in p2 um where he like takes a, like no damage or goes immune the right. overall the last five percent still made it feel like we just pushed like we got the third ebon destruction but we killed it literally as the third one went off right that's so how we like, were as well yeah so it just it that little bit quicker because i think as the third one goes off it's a ton of extra dot damage on the raid so typically we'll lose people like almost immediately and yeah. then if we lose a tank to the ads and the ads are all over the place and that's sort of like, then even if the boss only has like, yeah. yeah, even the boss only has like two or 3% health at that point, like we've lost wipes to that or lost attempts to that yeah. just because, yeah. Those yeah, final absolutely. three seconds are just like, ugh, falls apart. Yeah. Uh, one of the nice things that was well about the HP nerf, um, there's a less strat that we were starting to play around with. We ended up abandoning for the purposes of just going back to our old strat and killing the boss. But we brought it back this week, which is lusting as soon as phase three starts. Oh. Um, so in order to do this, you want to hold your uh, cooldowns at the end of phase two. You want to not send three-minute cooldowns at all in phase two. Um, you only get two uses anyway, because, like... I mean, I guess technically you get three because we killed it at, like, 626. So technically you would get a third if you hit it exactly at three minutes. Uh -huh. um, and then exactly at six minutes. Um but anyway, we uh, so the five percent HP nerf makes it easier to, like you were alluding to, pin the boss at the thirty-five percent mark without those cooldowns. Right. So that let us pretty straightforwardly just like lust at the start of phase three, hit all of our cooldowns, burn the boss, and uh, go nuts. Nice. Yeah, we still we still do the lust after the first seven destruction, I think. I think that's when we lost. I don't remember. Like after the boss moves, I think, and people are starting to plant. Um, we hit it then. But yeah, no, it's um it's definitely that that P3 nerf is it seems my like 10% doesn't seem like a ton, but it's definitely um definitely helps for that that final piece. And the five percent health nerf, of course, is always good. Yeah. Um the the one sort of I don't know if you hit this, but there was a bug um where yeah. corruption particularly the second corruption people um could also be targeted by volcanic hearts yes. um and they would be corrupted so they'd be unhealable while taking the volcanic heart dot um so it seemed very rng um where you could get that sort of overlap we didn't see it on any of our attempts this week um but they did put in a hot fix to sort of stop that from occurring which is which yeah is good, so. when uh so one of the guys in my guild uh, is raiding with another team on Tuesdays and 
ran into that exact thing. They're progressing Neltharian right now. He ran into that exact thing and he was trying to like confirm it with me. And I'm like, I don't see it in the log, man. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but apparently it was real. And so they did fix it. We didn't run into it on Friday. By the time Friday rolled around, they had already, they already fixed it. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, no, yeah, it was, uh, it was, um, we didn't see it, but that seems like it's just an off way. You'll just lose the person unless they have a massive amount of cooldowns and like they're about to yeah. push the ad over. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's, I think that's it then for, for hot fixes and, and changes for this week rating wise. I don't know if you had any other thing you want to talk about for, um, around like your raid this week or the, any PVC. Yeah. Stuff? Well, real briefly touch on, so my raid team has two, or my guild has had two raid teams for five years now. Uh, it's been my team on the weekend and then Bab's team on the weekdays. So originally Tuesday, Wednesday, or Tuesday, Thursday, I think it was Tuesday, Wednesday, and they moved to Wednesday, Thursday this tier. Um, and then this week, they decided that they're no longer raiding. Oh, it sucks. Uh, which was uh, kind of out of the blue for a lot of people. Uh, and so just generally kind of sucks. Yep. Big, big sad. Uh, so there's now a bit of a diaspora of those people going around. Uh, I've heard some of them might be applying to your guild anomaly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we've Hopefully. had some of them apply to join the weekend team. We uh, hadn't filled out that final he healer spot yet. We had someone filling it with an alt yeah. and um, there was potential that they maybe just took the spot as a main, but then one of the healers from the weekday team applied to the weekend team. And so oh, nice. that. and a couple other people from their team applying to the, the weekend team as well. So uh, generally kind of sucks that that team is dead. Um, yeah. But you know, people are finding places to raid, so it's, That's awesome. it's not the end of the world. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't sound like it affecting it affects you at all on the weekend. But yeah, that's that sucks. Whenever like, I mean, I'm, yeah, don't want to get into it. But yeah, it's it's always yeah. sucks when like our raiding team sort of steps down. And it's to, I mean, I'm almost positive. I don't I don't know any of the details. But I'm almost positive it's a like the leadership is just like I don't want to like not that they don't want to do this anymore, but it's like I am just tired of being this person. And it's like yeah. <laughs> I need to do something else. And like, there's just nobody left to step up. That's exactly how my, so before I joined DU, that's exactly how my guild ended was like, I basically was raid leading at the time. And I was like, I just don't have the energy to do it. Yeah. And I was like, and I told like the other officers in the guild, and I was like, if anyone wants to step in, I still will play. Like I'll still play the game. Right. And like, yeah. Know, but yeah, but it's like, I just don't want to be a raid leader. I don't want to have that responsibility, like the recruitment and everything like that. And like, yeah, that team, we just, nobody picked it up and we just sort of ended like yeah. they made a rate they may have rated for like a half a tier after that as like a 10 man guild and then yeah um, then ended so that sucks sucks to see guilds sort of dissolve but hopefully everybody wants to keep playing finds a home so yeah so well, cool well uh, maybe on a maybe on a happier note uh shift some gears here and talk about uh some news um and so if you're living under a rock and you don't play World of Warcraft ever, um, I don't know why you're listening to this, but then uh, the one big thing came out this week is WoW Hardcore, Classic Hardcore, uh, was released this week. Uh, I believe it's Thursday evening, um, mm. US time. And uh, it is a blast. <laughs> so, um, you know, a bunch of people played Hardcore. If you're not familiar with the Hardcore sort of rule set, um, previous to this, there was an add-on where you could sort of play the game in this manner. And essentially the idea is, it's one life. You have one yeah. life, you die, game over. It sort of stems from a lot of the ARPG uh, games have a hardcore mode where um, if you die, your character's dead and you can't continue. So they sort of incorporated into a, a uh, official server, an official rule set for WoW. Um, One of the big differences between the add-on and the official servers is that the add-on was set up basically to be solo self-found. Um, no auction house, no trading, no mail. Um, you could technically, I think, group up for like group quests and, and things like that. Like instances, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that sort of stuff. But other than that, like you were just using things that you made or found yourself. Mm -hmm. Whereas on the official servers, they 
don't have official solo cell phones. That is something that they talked about in one of the interviews that they were like looking at it. But for the for this release, it is uh, just like basically regular classic hardcore. Yeah. Uh, so you can use the auction house, you can mail all that stuff. And uh, you've played it a little bit. I've played it more than I would like to admit. And <laughs> um, a lot of people are there. A lot of people are playing. Yeah, it's uh, it, I mean, I was definitely fighting response. I played um, played a little bit Friday evening after my wrath raid, and uh, and yeah, I was fighting for spawns spawns to like kill things in like the the gnome starter area. Um, and even as I got out of it, I went to you know the first little town and and got caught with a with trying to try to find some mobs. So, I mean, it's a it's a cool new thing. It's interesting. I think if you like classic, um. I think it's a cool idea. Like for me, and we've talked about this in the past, like I think classic leveling is probably the best the leveling has ever been in one. Not ever, but probably one Not of the ever. best experiences. But but up there, yeah. Yeah. In terms of like it's it's a difficult enough thing where you're not just sort of pissed you have to spend four hours leveling, which is like what I feel like retail is today. It's like it's <laughs> I just buy boosts on retail because I cannot like I I it's leveling is just ridiculous. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's like difficult enough and you have to put a bunch of time in it. And I think it's a there's like it's some actual achievement behind it if you make it to 60. So yeah, um, for reference, I made it to level 15 and then died last night. It's not the <laughs> highest I've ever made it. But uh, so one of the downsides of the current population level is that you end up with a lot of hyper spawns where you kill one mob and just as soon as it dies, another one is, is respawning in its location. And that exactly. can make some areas extremely dangerous. And so uh, got to be really careful. Uh, highly recommend avoiding caves. Even if you're a paladin like I was, paladin is a little bit, you know, I, I trained to zoned a couple people to death last night too, which was <laughs> unfortunate. But Blessing of Protection lets you kind of just, you know, become immune and then get out of dodge. Uh, but of course, it does not prevent magic damage. So, you know, the first cave that I tried that in that had uh, mobs casting fireball at me, did not make it out of the cave. Didn't. Oh man, that's that stinks. Yeah, that's the uh, caves are the the deadly deadly scary areas of um yeah of WoW Classic for sure. So yeah, you know it's um it's been a lot of fun. Like I'm only level I think six or seven six I think. Yeah. Um. So still like super early, but um, but no, it's a, it's a cool idea. Like you play the game a lot different. Like I was saying, like I also ran into the hyper spawn issue like out in the world, and I like killed a bear, then went to go kill a which they aggro went to go kill like a yellow boar and the bear respawned behind me as soon as I got in combat with the boar. And like, I yeah. was already at like 75% health before the bear hit me. And now the bear's hitting me in the back. Daisy is me. I'm just like running. And at that point you just hold W. I have no other skills. Yeah. So I like don't even have gouge yet. I don't think. Um, and like, yeah, I'm just, I'm screwed. So it's, uh, well, gouge when I worked on the bear anyway, I think it's humanoids only. Right. So, um, yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it's, it's a fun little experience. Um, Blizzard also did tweet out like a heat map of deaths. Uh, they did it in like a little video format of like showing it every, like every two hours, a different screenshot. And it's yeah. just hilarious. Like watching like the deaths sort of spider out from all the starter zones, to like the secondary zones and like tertiary ones. Um, it's also interesting on the map, as you can see, like the, uh, like the road from Menethil Harbor. It's just dotted like some of the uh, some of the areas around it are just dotted like littered with like yellow yellow dots for for all yeah. of it, where people are trying to run into run back to like from maybe like Darnassus is a night elf into the starter zone right for for gnome so yeah um, but yeah <laughs> it's a uh, it's it's fun it's a it's a cool idea I mean I don't know if it has a ton of legs because I think after you do it once it's sort of it but it's a cool achievement if you make it to max hardcore. Um, I, think, I can't, even, can't even imagine doing anything after that. <laughs> yeah, so like, at least for me, the way that I always played WoW before Legion, right, was I just leveled a character. When I hit max level, I basically logged off and made another character. And that's how I played. And, mm -hmm. you know, the permadeath, you know, it's a little different, but it's still like, that's the primary gameplay loop is like you hit your... your cap and then you go and you make another character and ideally your cap is not level 15 you know yep yeah uh but that is the uh the main idea so uh we'll 
We'll uh, see how it pans out over time. So far, I'm having fun. It is like I've been playing with the hardcore add-on on and off for a while. It's just a nice thing. Like after raid, I will just yeah. go veg out, turn on something on YouTube or Netflix, and go level. And that is, I will say, not the greatest way <laughs> to reliably level when you're after raid, tired, maybe had a bit to drink watching netflix not really paying super close attention to what's going on in the game it's a great way to die oh yeah 100 great 100%. way to die but it is still like it still has the classic pacing of being relatively slow gameplay uh-huh. um, although i will say one final note i played a paladin for the actual release of the hardcore realms and um it is very auto attack heavy but it's a lot less auto attack heavy than I was expecting, giving its reputation. Like I have not played a classic paladin in like 15 years. Yeah. And so I went back to it for the first time in 15 years and I was expecting to literally just be auto attacking yeah. for the majority of it. And there's actually like quite a bit more going on. Not, not like retail levels of button pushing, but you know, you actually have spells to cast. Um, oh, nice. I, it, it felt in some ways more active than like a priest which i played a little bit of because you don't have to ration your mana so severely so you can actually use your abilities that's true whereas like a priest you're like do i cast this extra smite or do i save it for the next mob so i can do an extra mob before i have to drink maybe exactly yeah that's actually a good point oh that's fine yeah i've I'll just, I think I'm going to continue with my rogue. And if my rogue dies, maybe, maybe do something crazy and do like a shaman, which I've, I've never leveled a classic shaman. I didn't play horde yeah. at all in classic. So I might, um, I might go back to druid next. I might go do a druid. Uh, the, nice. the friends in my guild that they're playing are playing dwarves. And so okay. I was a human paladin, ran up there to meet one of them. They died before I got there. <laughs> Great time. Um, nice. So now we're all level desynced because I died at level 15 and they were like catching up to me yeah so maybe i just like start over with a night elf now and by the time i catch up to them will i will be able to actually get to stormwind without it being a death that's awesome yeah that funnily enough night elf druid was the first character i ever created in world of warcraft uh night retail, elf druid is, is the first character like after level 70 oh nice because nice. uh, i started playing in bc but it's the yeah. first character to, to level 70 nice um well cool well yeah that's that's hardcore we'll probably give a couple more minor updates as we go through see if we make yeah. any actual progress um so a couple of maybe quick hitters here in the new section and then we can get into the main topic of the day um blizzard finally released a sort of statement on overlays uh so we talked about this about reading sort of real-time reading of the combat log to then overlay information onto the game basically they said they are going to make changes to how the advanced combat log is populated in advance of season three um so that prevents this from prevents any sort of the overlay usage from happening so pretty clear indication they're going to make changes to it so like essentially that, i think that's them saying just stop making these things we're going to change it in like two or three months anyway yeah just let it die um related, which is good news related uh there is a patch 10.2 vendor build on the cdn this is generally the precursor to a ptr release mm-hmm. um 10.1.7 comes out in like two weeks yeah not next week but the week after yeah two weeks um so probably getting the 10.2 ptr soon and that's probably when we'll actually start seeing details about what they're going to do to the advanced combat log yeah um or well that's the earliest i think we'd start seeing details their blue post was very vague um yeah but we will we will see what they actually do uh for uh for 10.2 yeah yeah it was more i think it's more of just one of those things where they just want to tell the community like we're going to change this so like just don't continue to like look at things or or build things right don't spend the time um and it's probably i'm honestly it's probably more for like world first guilds anybody else of like hey don't even don't even investigate this it's not worth your time we'll change it so yeah um i think cool yeah the only other final i think news post you just sort of mentioned was that 10.2 went up on the the vendor cdn um so we're we'll see hopefully a new patch ptr up in a short couple weeks maybe right after 1017 yeah um so cool so before we get into uh the healing discussion there was one other minor topic i wanted to talk about which was blizzard did 
um, put in a couple of hot fixes that did not directly nerf the god comp, but essentially made changes to the utility the the god comp brings in Mythic Plus um, to lessen its impact. Right. Um, so I think the first thing is is they did um, make changes to Halls of Infusion, uh, particularly the trash between the second and third boss. Uh, which previously, if you use Priest Mind Soothe, allowed you to skip um, or death skip part of that trash, um, which now makes it essentially impossible because they've changed sort of the way that what the creatures detect and things like that. Did you see? Did you see the new tech? No, I didn't. There's new tech that isn't that. You can still skip it with Mind Soothe. Oh. Damn it! But only, but only if you have a Night Elf tank, like a Guardian Druid. Oh. So what you do is you mind soothe all the other stuff. Uh-huh. And then the tank pulls the dragons to the side. Everybody else runs through. The tank goes through and hits shadow meld and they reset. Gotcha. So now you can still do it, but now instead of a priest, you need a priest and a night elf tank. Yeah. Gotcha. Which means uh, I mean, basically, Night Elves can be any tank except for Vengeance DH. Uh, and Paladin, right? They can't be Paladins? Night Elves can't be Paladins. Are you sure Night Elves can't be DHs? Can. Oh, right. Sorry, it's Paladin. They can be DHs. Yeah, yeah, Duh. yeah. Um, <laughs> like... Yeah, that's... Yeah, <laughs> um, they can be They can be warriors. They can be monks. They can be druids. They can be demon hunters. Uh, they cannot be Paladins. Am I missing one? Monks, druids, warrior? Warrior. They can be warriors. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, that's the uh, that's the new tech. You can still skip it. It still requires Mind Sleuth to do it. <laughs> it's nice. just now it has the extra requirement of also your tank has to be able to drop threat. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So or just to let your tank die and res them, right? Like that's the other. Yeah, that's the other thing option. you can do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's one part of the nurse. Sorry, I thought it was a little bit more. I thought it was better than that. So you can still do the skip, just you know, we'll lose a person. Um, they yeah. also did reduce some of the dot damage in Halls of Infusion and Ultimon. Um, yeah. so in Ultimon, the uh, infinite time reverse towards the end of the dungeon, their stolen time cooldown was increased eight seconds from four seconds. In theory, that one didn't oh, actually go long. That's one of the ones that like went oh, they released in, it differently because they the released the damage it does, right. Yeah, the, there was the Sorry. WoWhead post about undocumented changes, one of which was the Neltharian one that we talked about. The other one is that instead of it doubling the cooldown, they reduced the damage done by 60%. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So yeah, so sorry. So yeah, on that dot, they reduced the, the damage it does, so less reliance on um, less reliance on, uh, on Master Spell. And then also the dragons and Halls of Infusion, which we were just sort of talking about, um, the damage now ticks every two seconds versus every one second. So a 50% sort of reduction in the ticks you'll receive. Um, so yeah, so a couple of minor nerfs to things. I'm assuming we'll see more things like this sort of week over week uh, as Blizzard sort of reduces the importance of the utilities some of the other classes a part of the Exodia or, or God Comp and Mythic Plus, Plus have. So Yeah, there is a, also a Twitter post floating around. I think it was a Twitter post. Uh, just pointing to the death stats in raid for um, different classes, uh-huh. pointing out that all five of the specs in the Exodia comp are at the like the best in terms of death in terms of deaths. Oh, really? Either either tied for the best or are the best in terms of survivability. So that's another factor. Like augmentation is obviously super survivable. Fire mage also has cheat. It's got ice cold or ice block, whichever. Uh, yeah. I don't know what they run in keys these days, but both of them are really good. Shadow Priest has dispersion. Um, and honestly, it kind of impresses me that Shadow Priest is doing so well, but Shadow Priest has dispersion. So, you know. That's uh, true. And then Holy Paladin is just loaded. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they'll, I guess Blizzard will continue to make changes. I think we don't see a major shift until season three, and then we'll see what they actually do. Um, because yeah, as long as augmentation is in its position, it's sort of hard, hard locked. So, yeah. Um, 
So cool. So I think that was all for the the, the majors. Was there any other topics before we wanted to sort of talk about or I, the topic I want to talk about, which is why healing sucks in Dragonflight? Let's talk about healing. Yeah. So um, so this is, I mean, we're a couple of weeks after a lot of this was sort of uh, a major topic in sort of the community where like Jack, I think, posted a video. Uh, Thune, Thune posted a video yeah. on, yeah, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, he's a guide writer at, over at Wowhead. Um, posted a video on sort of the general, like the the general feeling around how healing is working and sort of is done in today's sort of mostly rating environment, I'd say. But it does trickle into Mythic Plus in terms of in terms of that. And so they sort of go over a, a bunch of different things. You know, primarily the fact that healers today are extremely powerful uh, in relative to sort of your DPS and your tank specs. Um, and just in general, are relative to like their our power over other expansions or other sort of tiers, right? Um, and so because we're also powerful, to actually exert any pressure on a healer, you have to make damage uh, like unrealistic, unreasonably high, or like in the case of like certain abilities, make it so like you have to leverage cooldowns to heal through it. And because we can heal so much, or we have so much power, you have to do that very often. Which means that like there will be, you know, a time where you are sort of having a healing event every thirty seconds, and like you need a bunch of HPS at that point. A case um, in point, Rashok. Uh, that's yeah, I mean, almost, yeah. almost literally exactly that. Um, yeah, you have a group soak with a healing absorb and a lot of damage going out every forty-five second. It's like happens forty-five seconds later. It happens again. Then there's a another big raid damage event in the intermission, and then it all yeah. starts over. It starts again, yeah. And so the the idea, the thing is, is I was like, while it's awesome to be able to heal a ton, it gets into this this weird area of a weird feedback loop in terms of to make healing mean anything, or to not have to drop to like one or two healers. Healing like the damage needs to be deadly enough that you need more than a like two healers to heal a fight. And to do that, then you're essentially ping ponging or like yo yoing health bars, where like you basically put a ton of pressure on the raid, drop the raid to like ten percent health. And then only give the healers a short amount of time before another damage event occurs where like right. you can't let people sit. And it's it's funny, like it's very much a and Thune does a really good job in the video that, that he posted and sort of highlighting this is that it essentially results in like a, a graph of damage taken looking like just a bunch of like Mount Everests in between yeah. smaller valleys. And it's like a sort of looks like that. And like the whole raid takes a ton of damage, then it drops almost nothing. Takes a ton of damage, drops a bunch of nothing. And sort of you have to define your healing around that and it's to me it is the it is the worst way to heal things and the the reason is is basically it rewards a bunch of like internal team degenerative play i mean like essentially now to do any sort of healing you have to time your cooldowns to the second meaning like for example like as a monk if you're doing like your your ramp in terms of like clouded focus you want to make sure you're timing your vivifies so that they hit like the half second after the damage hits <laughs> as you spam through it. Um, yeah. Or like, or like if you're, you're playing a shaman, like I know our shaman does a bunch of stuff to like time cloud burst for certain things like that. Um, and so it just, it becomes like a little bit of a toxic relationship with the way that the damage is coming out that you have to do this because if you miss, if you're off by a second, half second, right? People die and then the raid wipes. Um, yeah. And, and that is sort of the, this healing style. We had this, Back in, I want to say, I want to say, Warlords of Drainer. Um, similar idea back then, where you had a, you're basically all of your healing was built around your cooldowns. Where like, there's yeah. very little healing between cooldowns, but every you know two minutes or minute and a half, when you had your three minutes up and you could rotate them, there'd be a bunch of healing. So it's sort of like, just hit your cooldowns when you hit them. There's no sort of pressure in between that. Um, and so it, think- it becomes. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, what are you gonna say? Um, I think one difference between then and now is that there is pressure in between the bursts on a lot of fights, right? Like you look at Rashok doesn't have pressure in between. Rashok is like exactly like that. There is zero damage coming out in between some of these bursts. Yeah. Um, but then you have like, um, you know, Sarkareth. In phase one, for example, you have a bunch of ticking damage, even aside from the two big pressure points with the first and second clears. 
Uh-huh. Um, you have all of the bombs exploding that happens all the time. And even in between those, there's still a bunch of other ticking damage because the dot, the debuff that he puts on you at the start just takes damage all the time. Gotcha. Yeah, no, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and so it it basically makes it so that, like, the only, again, like, the only pressure you can exert now because healers are so powerful is just by making it so almost every ability is deadly that a boss can do. Yeah. And then it then it becomes, like, Sarkarath P1 where it's literally, like, what is it, two minutes of just intense, like, never stop, go, 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 healing. Um and it's it's it becomes unfun, right? And this sort of trickles into Mythic Plus, even where you have like abilities from certain bosses and like mobs that like if you miss healing the person or if you heal the wrong person with one of your GCDs, you that someone else will die, right? You yeah. you will lose a player. Um, and to me, this is it, it's honestly why like I personally like I've disliked healing this entire tier. Like I think Rashok's a fun fight to heal. I don't know if I agree with the amount of damage that goes out. I mean, it's a very tight healing check, and I think that's the reason it's there. But um, but even like Sarkareth, because the raid takes so much damage, you don't have time to triage. So you're just hoping your AoE heals are hitting, spreading around the raid. And if yours aren't, yeah. your your healer partners are. Um, and so it becomes a, yeah, just, a, just an unfun game of like, okay, why did this person die? It's like, oh, well, they didn't have Renewing Mist on them. So yes, this attempt run into so like, almost exactly that. Yeah. Didn't have renewing mist, or they missed the life binds, or they didn't have glimmer, or yeah. they didn't get palm. Although that one's more rare because it's really hard to not get prey or venting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, that, that that's sort of the I think the the crux of the issue right now with with healing in the game is that, and this all stems I think as we so go back. So why is this like that? Right, like why? Is there so much damage that goes out in such quick bursts, and and healers are required to heal it up? And it's be, honestly, it's because of the talent trees. I think Dune does a really good job of showing this, where it's like, while DPS gain a ton of power to do damage, right? Like healing, I think is generally, um, like generally has been not easier to balance, but like the balance has been more straightforward with healing, where like you have your power increasing tiers, you have your mana reserve tiers, right? And then yeah. when you start to combine those, where like I can get two mana saving talents together, yeah. or I get two like mini cooldowns I can now pair together, like that is extremely powerful for healers. Um, yeah, and it's and- a little bit. Um, so healers have the extra thing where player health bars are pretty limited compared to like boss health bars or even like general NPC health bars, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, a DPS getting two cooldowns that they can pair together is obviously very good too, but they're not going to one-shot the boss with it. Right. They're going to do a bunch of extra damage. Maybe it allows you to do things like you might have an arcane mage that can carry damage on an empty recollection because they get to combine all of their cooldowns and do just a huge amount of damage. Mm -hmm. But that's one mob as part of a larger fight instead of all of the time your raiders have 600,000 health. And combining two cooldowns, if there's only a couple of places that you need to actually use that extra power, kind of just you, de- you, drop, you could delete drop a mechanic. Yeah. yeah. Like we've, uh, I mean, like Rashok was a really good example of this early on with the, with our preservation evokers and like Echo and Reverberation, I think it was, where like they would, like some of the, some of like the, the bombs that went off in P1 the health bar didn't move or like it dropped and it was immediately the frayed was full health. Yeah. Um, And so that's the, I think that's the other aspect of it that makes it sort of unfun is like, there's, there's now like, because previously, if we look at like, even like Legion healing, right. Or like Nihilotha, for example, like end of or early Nihilotha, I'll say um, with like limited corruption, (laughs) because corruption makes it a little weird. But the idea is like, you could have someone sit at 50% health for, you know, three, four seconds and you would have to heal them up eventually, but it wasn't like an immediacy where like nowadays yeah. it's someone sits at less than 80% health and there's a mechanic coming, they are dead, which is like the the most, un. to me, it's just extremely unfun because it's, people make a joke that healing is sort of like a whack-a-mole activity, which I get, like you're sort of making sure all the health bars are max, but it, it becomes a frustrating whack-a-mole activity when you have to hit two players at the same time with the same amount of healing. You just don't have yeah. a button to do that. Yeah. And it's like, well, who do I like 
less because I'll save the other person, right? And that's actually one thing. So our Holy Paladin is a huge fan of the gameplay brought about by the rework. And one mm-hmm. of the things they like is it to, from their perspective, it re- gave them the ability again to do triage healing. Like mm-hmm. it, it allowed them, obviously Holy Paladin was extremely good. It's still very good. It's been nerfed like five times now. Um, it's uh, basically the the way that Glimmer and Holy Shock was tuned allowed them to like, okay, I can Holy Shock one, I can Holy Shock the next, and it it's going to heal both of them. And that allows me to deal with that situation in a way that mm-hmm. I couldn't before where I just like, you know, I don't know, why the dot spammed and just hoped. Yeah, it hit the you crit the right person or hit the right yeah. person. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, I that's that is to me like when heal like healing to me is the most fun when there's there is pressure, but you have a you have time to make a decision, right? Like, I think that's that's to me when it's sort of like at its height is there's a there's pressure on you to make decisions, but there's not pressure on you to make decisions in half a second or one second. You have like yeah. two or three seconds to assess, okay, like the healing is going out, we're ramping up, we're, we're topping off the raid. It's taking maybe like four or five seconds for the raid to come back to full health, but it's not, that's okay because there's not an ability that's coming half a second later that's going to kill anybody under a certain threshold or yeah. like you have Neltharian, to panic kill people. Neltharian is really bad about this. I think Neltharian is probably the poster child for for this effect where if you look at phase two especially oh that fucking overlap dude i sorry yeah the um so like the first part of phase two is pretty chill the first umbral annihilation is not a big deal you heal the people with hearts there's not a whole lot else going on then the first like time the tank breaks the wall and everybody gates and there's volcanic hearts into umbral annihilation into rushing darkness everything hits the fan it's that crazy. point that point is the most frustrating because i like my raid leader will be like you gotta heal people with the heart debuffs and i'm like 100 understand gotta heal people with the heart debuffs but this person died because they took a hit of the heart debuff then took an umbral and fell over and like happened in half a second so like i don't know what like they could have yeah. maybe they could have hit a defensive cool but like still it's not like that or yeah we have the shatter debuff so i am ramping through that i'm not triaging yeah. people so it's like yeah and I know healing is not a single person that you have, you know, three or four other people healing with you, but it's still the same idea where like we're taking a shatter debuff and that same overlapping point. And then, then the best part about that whole thing is there is another umbral into hearts at the end of the phase as you're running into the next room. Yeah. Which are the next section to kill the third ad. And it's just like, yeah. And then there's like, it's a huge amount of pressure and it's also exemplary of like how powerful cooldowns are. Yeah. Um, because, for example, on Prague, we had Salvation on the first move. And just like when that salve goes off, everything's fine. Uh, yeah. Gravy. It, just everything's fine. But if you don't have that cooldown, everything is very much not okay. Right. Just yeah. Not, not okay at all. There's, and it's actually kind of funny. Holy Priest does a ton of just like all the time healing, right? They are mm-hmm. really good at that. Um, but still, like, Salve and him are just extremely powerful cooldowns that they have access to. Um, and Salve, in particular, could just delete mechanics. Before they nerfed the Shadow Fiend him interaction, him oh, yeah. could also just erase mechanics from existence. Mm-hmm. Um, and replacing those when we swapped off of having a Holy Priest, because our Holy Priest left. Uh then we it took a lot like i think right now we have a flourish and a uh or a mastery on that and people use health potions or health stones on that yeah. corruption gateway move yeah which i mean like i'm so this is where i struggle because like i'm i understand that that's like supposed to be a pressure point in the fight but that's like not the only one because you have that umbral 20 30 seconds later as you move into it that has a similar yeah. not the same like knockback and that but it still has hearts still has the the silence it has lines. hearts and rushing darkness yeah. and corruption targets are getting picked meaning that yeah. like if you don't have the corruption targets topped off they may die during that so and there's movement which is like the other biggest aspect is that you know almost all of the healers nowadays 
I guess maybe Druid kind of gets away with this, but almost every other healer to do their highest HPS have to stand and plant for like a yeah. couple seconds. That's one of the things that has been very, I, I would say, fun and interesting learning to do healing cooldowns this tier is mm -hmm. figuring out like, okay, this is a big pressure point, but it's a pressure point with movement. So we have to use a flourish for it, really. Yeah. And so that then kind of starts dictating like, okay, if we have to use a flourish for this, that means that we can't use it for this other thing. So maybe we have to use, you know, salvation or him or mm -hmm. uh, ascendance or, you know, anything like that. Um, also just like, so rest of shaman does very bad HPS overall. They mm -hmm. just do. It's hilarious looking at the charts. They're so far below in terms of actual HPS, but their cooldowns to keep you from dying so are good, really good. Like they have two don't die buttons. APT is ridiculously good. Mm -hmm. And like half a rally plus a free battle res, just super good. Um, and then Spirit Link Totem. Again, yeah. just like if it's not literally one shotting the whole raid, then it's very hard to die through a Spirit Link Totem. Yeah. No, yeah. And and I mean, even even just from like a single button, like cl Cloud Burst is still a very like powerful cooldown right yeah like if you time it specifically right like there there's still a lot of healing you can get from that so yeah i mean i i i, I think to me like the the to, the worst part about all of this is just that intense pressure of like in a pull there's no like in rashok for example there's no breaks for the yeah. five and a half minutes you're killing that boss which, which is like unique but like that's I would, how I would, oh, sorry sorry i was gonna say that's how sepulcher was for like the whole raid right well, no. So Sepul at least as a monk, Sepulcher was different. Well, yeah, Sepulcher was slightly different because of Venthyr, right? So like okay. Sepulcher and then like um I mean, Sanctum. I guess you turned your raid frames off, so it was slightly different, but but that <laughs> that's still the same idea where like at that point it's the same like you could spread enough healing out across the raid and like you could sort of remove mechanics if you could line it up. Yeah, so. it's so in Sepulcher, I would say like Halandris, uh, Lords of Dread, Rygalon, and, and the Jailer were just all gas, no breaks. Maybe they yeah. weren't for Mistweaver. Anduin had breaks. Anduin had like, yeah. you know, when you transition into and out of the intermission, you had to, you got to chill for a little bit yeah. while the RP went off. And so that gave you some breaks. But then like the Jailer, all gas, no breaks, 13, or not 13 minutes, but you know, 11 minutes of, of that. Yeah. And Rygalon... Rygalon is a tank, all gas, no breaks the whole time. And um, like Sarkareth is very much actually like that as a tank as well. Yeah. Um, so like that's not a unique thing, but it does sometimes make it really exhausting, right? No, I and I, yeah, I think, I mean, even this tier, like I, I agree with your your position there with like Sanctum, but also like Magmarax isn't, like Magmarax is a different set of like all gas from a healer perspective because the first part of it's fairly simple, but like once you start moving crazy. around the, the the arena, it's like okay, I need to make sure that like the people who get the dot as they run out are high enough that they're not going to die. The main soak people have to be all high enough in the main soak, right? And then yeah. I mean, if your healers do this, like I have to remember I need to soak things. So like I'm yeah. moving, looking for soaks while watching raid frames, while making sure people are running the opposite direction of healer of a cooldown. It's just yeah, it, it's. I'm fine with that because I mean healer's job is to heal, and I 100% get that. But there is a there's a certain level where it starts to teeter into just the absurd of like I'm literally playing DDR on like 15x difficulty, and like yeah. one mess up in the raid wipes. You're just like, well, this sucks, right? Because like yeah. you can have that similar all gas piece from a healing perspective. I think Fiend uh, gives the example of Shadhar, which I think is a Maybe not the best example of like older healing fights, but still a very similar example. Of like there was a there was points of a lot of AOE damage, and there was points where you need to make sure people were topped, but it never felt. And there was movement, right? You're either like running to like I guess drop off the ED things, right, or picking. I don't know. Yeah. I forget how the fight worked exactly. Yeah. Um, or uh, there were still those points of it, but it wasn't. It was like a slow burn, right? Like it was like a you're on fire the entire time, but as long as you move a little bit forward you're fine versus like like a nice jog pace where like this seems like yeah. nowadays you're like sprinting at all points i mean in a fight. from from what you're saying it basically sounds like there's two things one cooldowns are too strong 
Yeah, hundred percent. Healing, healing is too strong, which in turn makes it so that damage is too high. Well, not, not healing deadly. in general per se, but healing cooldowns. Are... No, even healing in general is too high. Really? Yeah. So like the one minute, like evoke is a one minute cooldown for monk. It is right. literally hundreds of right, thousands of a... HPS each time. Right, but that's a cooldown. I know it's, it's a one-minute cooldown. It's a one-minute cooldown. But, but even, it's still, like, the gap between a Mistweaver healing... Like, we had a Mistweaver for Prague, right? Yeah. The gap between what a Mistweaver can do with Invoke Yulon and what they do without Invoke Yulon is just, like, not even the same universe. Because they hit Invoke Yulon, and you, if they do that right, it's very close to just removing mechanics. Right, but... I think my point is that I guess you're right. Cooldowns are too strong because they're they're shorter. But I think in general, overall healing is also too strong. Yeah. Even in the interim, like even in the middle between points, right? Like the the Rashlock example, like you don't technically need a cooldown for every smash, right? For every like healing yeah. debuff. Like if as a monk, I get if as a misweaver, I get lucky with renewing mist spreads, and I have you know eight, nine, ten out on the raid, I yeah. remove the absorb from eight or nine people. Like, yeah almost immediately without hitting anybody yeah. and that's just doing my normal rotation so um yeah i mean i think i think it's both i think you're right it's a combination of like just in general healers are too strong and that would include their cooldowns plus just their basic abilities like i don't care about mana as a misweaver where traditionally Although i would that's have. partially your tier set right now I, right? but it's your tier set but if i like even if my tier set like there are certain fights like i think like um not rashok but sarkareth and magmarax to a certain extent like I'll yeah. take Manatee just because I can, because yeah. like that'll help me out, right? Or even previously to the, to the tier set, like you know you could have Manatee and um, Spirit of the Crane together, which right. is I know it's changing in ten one seven, but yeah, it's yeah. A, that combination of talents is just in general just all too strong. I think in general like healers getting the most out of talent trees, like it just as a blanket yeah. like generalization, like. Um, I think in terms of power, if you compare it to what tanks gain and what DPS gained, and healers tanks are not the have. ones gaining the most from the talent trees. Yeah. Let me tell you what. <laughs> that's fair. So I mean, I, I think that's my my sort of thesis here is that like they need to generally reduce the overall power of healers and potentially through talent trees, and in turn then ramp down the damage because this whole like I think that's the second piece of it, right? That you yeah. keep going to is the pacing is really high. Yeah, it, you, it's go 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 go, no breaks. And um, that can be fun, but also when you're doing it for like, Sarkara thankfully is a seven and a half minute fight, right? Yeah. And it's got some built-in breaks where you just don't have anything going on because people are downstairs. And so you get to chill and not be like freaking out about people's health bars for a while. Yeah. Uh, but it's still like, you look at Echo Notharian and you basically technically you have two breaks. You yeah. have the transition from phase one to phase two and the transition or like the beginning of phase three before the first step of destruction. But like the end of like the beginning of phase three, you're honestly, at least for us, you're still recovering from the end of phase two. Exactly. There's no there's I would say like, yeah, the only real break in Echo is P1 to P2 because yeah. P2 to P3, you've just taken maybe in an Ebon destruction, or not, but uh, whatever. Uh, an umbral so, annihilation. Yeah, yeah, umbral annihilation, and like people still have heart debuffs, and like you're, yeah. It's I think that's that's my point is that the the sprint is too high, and the the moment to moment decision making is too close together. Like yeah. making like the right decision in a too short amount of time, and if you mess that up, people die. And that that all just comes back to like I think Blizzard has to do that in the current idea, or you're just gonna two heal potentially one heal every fight right because it's yeah because healers are too powerful basically yeah yeah and i i can definitely so i see that from like the brewmaster angle right right mm -hmm. now brewmaster is very fast paced um we've always had the one second gcd always had a pretty quick rotation right now um just the number of on gcd abilities we have combined with the very like the breakneck pace of blackout combo means that you are really really pushing buttons all the time and yeah. taking like having a gap messes things up very quickly, but yeah. also Celestial Brew is on the GCD. And um, so you do run into these situations and then combined with the um, scale of damage, if yeah. you uh, delay your Celestial Brew by one GCD, it can be life and death. You can go from full to dead. 
like that literally happens on Sarkarith. If you delay your Celestial Brew by one GCD, then your you get Void Claws and Melite in the same global and you just die. Yeah. Uh, or the other way around, if you push it early, then your Celestial Brew gets consumed by the damage before the Void Claws and you then don't have Celestial Brew for the Void Claws. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting like balancing problem. And I know we talked mostly about this in raid, but I think like mythic plus ends up being very similar in terms of just like, I've heard a lot about just like the level of pressure. Yeah. Which they, and I, and to be fair to blizzard, they, you have to do that because if not, then like you could essentially as a healer, like AFK through most of it or like, Right. You end up with like not I wouldn't say you have to go as far as like no healer runs, right? But I think it's more of the idea where like in BFA timing, like you only cared about healer damage. Like your yeah. healers didn't do damage, then there was a minimal amount of healing that you couldn't handle with just DPS teams. So you needed one in there. But yeah, between those moments when you needed the healing, you had to do damage. So yeah, I don't know what the fix is. I mean, I think ultimately to me it's a it's just very stressful right now as a healer at least in raids yeah. personally just because of the fact that like like if i heal the wrong person at the wrong time like not even if i heal the wrong person it's like if my hots don't spread to the right person <laughs> during a <Yeah>. ramp <laughs> someone dies and it's just there and there's not a good explanation as to why that person died i think there's always a way you could say like oh they could have health stone they could have used a defensive you know somebody could have done the triage right but there's that like in the moment I have two people to heal. I heal one and the other yeah. person dies. It's just like, and that just happens too often. That's the other thing. So there's too many instances of that in the current, current tier. Yeah. I think some of that is um, like if everything else stayed the same, but it were easier to reliably like get coverage on your healing cooldown. So you're not fighting to get enough renewing mists out to cover the raid for your Yulon. You're not mm-hmm. fighting to get lifebind on every target. You're not fighting to get, you know, all of your glimmers out. Then potentially it's just a, a little bit feels better because you're not going to be in a situation where like, oh no, I only got 17 of 20 people covered. Those three people are going like are going to die unless they push something. Yeah. Right? And then that maybe eliminates some of those situations. And then the kind of counter to that is that if damage is a little bit slower, where mm-hmm. you can put a GCD into one person and a GCD into the second person, you know, maybe that's also better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why, I mean, I think ultimately like the end of, end of BFA or even BFA in general healing wise, well, not Misuver wasn't the best. And I, I don't think like Azerite armor, whatever. I think that the healing, the damage output model was probably some of the best it's been in a while, right? Like I think, you know, Legion, I sort of throw away because Misweaver was terrible there. And, but I think Legion also had very similar in terms of the damage patterns. I think now it's just, again, it's that, that arms race of like, you give a player too much power, you need to have a corresponding force to make it so that power just doesn't overwhelm the game. Yeah. And, and like, that's where we're at. So we'll see what happens. I think it's a, it's some really good feedback and, you know, I think in general, it'll, if they do make a change, it'll make healing a little bit more, I guess, palatable or easy to use. But like yeah. for me, I probably am not healing next year because of this. Cause it's just like, well, we <laughs> should get as part of the 10.2 PTR when that comes out, hopefully a couple weeks, mm-hmm. we should start seeing uh, stuff from the new raid. Uh, we probably won't get raid testing for a while yet. It'll yeah. probably be like a month before we get any raid testing, if not longer. Um, given you know where the PTR is right now, which is to say not online. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but that will be pretty informative, I think. Um, this tier definitely felt a lot different from Vault of the Incarnates as far as healing. Uh-huh. Um, and we'll see. Like they made big changes for this tier. They may well make big changes for next year. They didn't. Ner- they didn't directly nerf healers. They, they they very strategically avoided nerfing healers this tier. They, yeah. They they strategically avoided saying that they were nerfing healers and just effectively nerfed healers by buffing everybody's HP and then the damage and then not buffing healers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we'll see uh, if they go any further next year, but Yeah. That'll that'll be a bridge we cross once we start to see 10-2 and the, the changes there. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I think that's Meanwhile, it though for me. Ryan maybe. about being a healer. 
maybe they can take Celestial Brew off the GCD in the meantime. Yeah, we all fingers, we all have goals. Crossed. We all have wants and dreams and hopes, right? Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think that's going to be it for the show today. Thank you all for watching and or listening. And if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to support it and the work we do over at the Peak of Serenity, you can do that over at our Patreon at patreon.com slash Peak of Serenity. And of course, come and join the Discord. It is the best place for you to come and talk about what you would like to see as far as damage profile and healing profiles in the future. Come and hang out in Miss Lounge and, uh, you know, just just chat, talk about it. Or, you know, come and join the unofficial F1 Lounge in, in the Brewmaster section. Oh, we're expanding that to the Miss Weaver Lounge, too. We got, yeah. we got a couple people talking F1 there. So Yeah. Uh, might have to make a new channel just for F1 talk. We'll see. Talk to Babs. Uh, but yeah, that is going to be it for the show today. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.